So many times we get hung up into not making changes in our lives or not being the person that we can be or that we want to be because we are so stuck on the ideas of who we should be or who we should have been based upon where what our goals and our dreams were when we were 20. Welcome to Nice Work, podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we're just trying to make the world 10% nicer with your help. And uh, we can start with maybe 10% fewer semi-automatic weapons on the streets. What do you think? Is that a crazy thought? Probably not. Anyway, this is episode 98. 98. Going to do 100, I think. Take a break after 100, maybe. Should I take a break? Should probably take a break. I'm getting feistier. I'm getting feistier all the time. I'm getting, I'm getting a little angry. I'm throwing away the whole apolitical aspect of the Super Nice Club because we need some political changes. Yeah. School shooters, easy access to weapons. And too many people out there thinking to themselves, well, it's in the Second Amendment. Constitution is some sacred thing? It's not. It needs to be rewritten. It was written hundreds of years ago by slave owners who denied women and people of color fundamental citizenship rights. That's a good, that's a good document. You don't think we could do better in 2022? You know, maybe have some women, some people of color, you know, writing it, writing a new people's constitution, updating it like every other first world nation does. You sick of me talking about the, the need for a new constitution? Is that making you tone deaf? Are you mad at me about it? Well, too bad. Because a nicer world demands we make big changes. We can't stick with what didn't work. Okay? Because where we're at now is where we're at now. And it's based on what we did before. Time to change. Time to accept some responsibility. And I talk about that with our amazing, super nice guest, Craig Sweeney. Craig is over 50 badass. Dot com. He's got a community for, guess what, people over 50 who are still feeling badass, aren't feeling like, you know, ready to die, ready to give up, ready to retire onto a house with a golf course. No, people still pushing for change, personal change, collective change, spare change. I don't know, but I have a great talk with, with Craig and I, I hope you dig it. I really do. I hope you check out what he's doing at Over 50 Badass. And if, you, if you're under 50 and you're listening to this, why, why stay tuned in? Well, because someday, God willing, you're going to be over 50, right? And uh, kind of looking ahead, I remember when I was a kid, 50 seemed ancient. 50 seemed pretty much dead. And I really didn't think I was going to make it past 20. No, when I was 16, driving my Pontiac Le Mans, uh, 69 Le Mans. I thought I'm going to die in this car. I am not going to live past 20. Really, I just didn't think I would. I didn't have a death wish. I just I couldn't see 20. And then when I turned 20, I couldn't see 30. Um, I think that's just natural. Yeah. Did I lose you at the gun talk? I'm a gun owner, by the way. Yeah, I'm a gun owner. I grew up hunting and fishing and uh, in Redding, California. And that's what we did. We took hunter safety. 
And here in California, when I when I went to buy my shotgun, I, I there's a background check. Uh, I shoot trap from time to time, which is you know the clay pigeons, pull all that. So I don't really have a problem necessarily with field guns. Uh, I do think that for guns that are invented specifically and only for the purpose of killing human beings, it's not wild to ask that we have background checks. It's not wild to ask that we have intensive training, just like you would have for a car. It's not crazy, folks. I mean, what is the win here? I tell you what the loss is. The loss is dead children, our children, hundreds of them and non-children, adults. The loss is a lot of dead folks and a lot of suffering. What's the win? The win is a handful of people get to go to a shooting range with a semi-automatic rifle and shoot at targets. I think we can trade one for the other. How about living children and maybe less target shooting? I don't think it's a really big trade-off unless you're worried like that the New World Order or lizard people or the government or the Canadians are going to come and invade the country. If you're worried about that, you're having mental health issues, okay? And you're exactly the type of person who probably shouldn't have guns. So anyway, anyway, turn off everything else, tune out the rest of the world, and drop in with Craig Sweeney. Oh, oh, I almost forgot, almost forgot. Because Craig and I are over 50, uh, things like technology and VCRs really confuse us. Uh, neither one of us had a mic that was working. So we had to use our laptop mics, and it sounds a little bit, you know, like two guys talking over a CB. Hope that's cool. Breaker Breaker 1-9. Craig, Craig Sweeney, good morning. Welcome to Nice Work. How you doing? Good, Todd, man. Happy to be here. This has yeah, been a long time coming. Yeah, we, it takes, sometimes it takes a little bit of a while to uh, organize these things. You know, we're all, we're all busy humans and schedules conflict and then it happens and I got COVID and, and I had to push you back, you know, but yeah, we're here today. Those who wait, man. <laughs> hey, so where are you at? Where are you sitting right now? What well, city, you, what state? Are you, are you meaning physically where am I at? You can answer it how you will, but it's nice to give the listeners a sense of, of geography. The physical location is my kitchen slash recording studio slash office um, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I have been to Milwaukee, although it was briefly, and it was what, uh, what some years you back. What Milwaukee for, Todd? What, what, was, what brought you here? Uh, I was in Milwaukee uh, briefly for work, and then uh, I was actually in, what is the town outside of Milwaukee where I, what was it, uh, Waukesha? Yeah, so I'm in Waukesha, so I, I, okay. I just tell people I'm in Milwaukee, but I'm in Waukesha. Okay, there, yeah. There's another town down the road called Oconomowoc, so there's right. some crazy, it's all Indian names, right? So right. Or Native American. So I've been to, to Waukesha, however you say it. I've been there. Uh, and it was for work. Uh, it was just for uh, one of those fly in, have a meeting, fly out kind of things. So technically, I've been to Milwaukee. I uh, can't say that I've really experienced Milwaukee. No, well, you Fair? at some point, at some point. Yeah, I mean, I would love to. I would love to. That whole part of the country is 
is grossly overlooked by yours truly. You got a, you're, you're huge into music, and we've got the largest music festival in the world here every summer called Summerfest. And uh, it's pretty amazing. So you got to try it sometime. Yeah, I want to get out there. I want to get out to uh, Michigan. I want to get out again to, although it's not, you know, right next door, but it's not too bad. I want to get out to Minneapolis, visit some friends out there in, in Red Wing. I've got some traveling to do in your neck of the woods. Plus, yeah. you guys have the water. Like when we're talking about the future, places on the whole globe that look to be very resilient, it's the Great Lakes region. Yeah. It's going to be the future of, uh, of a lot of, you know, hopefully sound development. But, you know, people trying to to be able to grow stuff and drink fresh water. You're in a good spot, man. Don't go. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, you're, you're right on brother. It's like, so we've got where I went to school um, at UW Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the largest, I think, freshwater educational Institute in the world. So, you know, we're always, you know, studying how to, how to um, make our great lakes better, but, you know, make our, our water supply um, just more healthy. Um, and, and so it's, it's just uh, been fantastic, you know, both for employment and business and, and certainly for the environment here in, uh, in the area. Yeah. Um, great, great part of the States that uh, I really, and you're just another reason. The more people, the more friends I have in that area, the, the bigger, better, badder road trip uh, I get to take. So yeah. I'll, speaking, send you, I'll send you the music lineup for Summerfest. Yeah, please do. Please do. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the musics. I really am. <laughs> um, so let's get into it, man. You are, we're going to talk about you. Let's talk about you. Let's not talk about my future hunt for a resilient homestead. Let's talk about Craig Sweeney. You right now have recently launched Over 50 Badass. Uh, yep. That's your community website um, and more. So, you know, what is it? Walk us through Over 50 Badass. Uh, let's just start with what it is. Yeah. So in essence, you know, at its, at its heart, it's a community and Mm -hmm. that part of it is really just, just getting it on its feet. Um, I started this thing a couple of years ago and the whole Genesis was, I was going to my, God, it's hard to say it, but my 35th high school reunion. Right. And Mm -hmm. so uh, at the time I was with my fiance, she's my wife now, but um, we, we thank you. So we were going to this thing. And as you do, as one does, when you're going to a high school reunion, you start to get messages from old classmates and friends. And, and you know, people kind of come out of the woodwork a little bit. People you haven't heard of or heard from for a long time. And, you know, that was cool. But then I started hearing all these comments and complaints about everybody getting older and feeling old and, you know, and, and can't, you know, how they can't wait to retire and, you know, collect the pension and go <laughs> golfing all day and all that. And I turned to man, I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like we're, we're 50, like they're, you know, everybody's acting as though they're, you know, 80. And, and so it just struck me. It's like, it's so foreign to what I was feeling and, and how I think that, I said, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a community that think the way I do that they, you know, you still want to build shit and you still want to go out and do things and, and, you know, build brands and, and start companies and go on, you know, safaris and whatever the hell it is that lights you up, you know, there's, there's almost half of our lives to do that yet, you know? And I was just, I was just 
fucking freaked out that everybody had this attitude. Not everybody. And I, you know, cause I'm going to get calls tonight. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? I don't have that attitude, you know, cause people are going to be pissed that I generalized, but I, I couldn't believe the number of people that acted like that. So I started a newsletter and, um, started the over 50 badass newsletter and it was started starting to resonate with a lot of people out there. And it's, it was just all about, you know, kind of staying, you know, staying in a place of badassery. And, and that was, you know, I kind of turned it over to be badass, kind of tongue in cheek, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a badass, you shouldn't have, to, you know, shouldn't have to tell the world you are. Um, but, you know, your badassery could be anything. Your badassery could be just enjoying your life the way it is and not having to make changes. But the reality is there's a lot of us, you get to this midlife stage and, for one reason or the other, whether it's, you know, monetary or fine or, or from a relationship perspective, mm-hmm. you need to kind of readdress and refocus and maybe make some changes to live out the rest of your life, you know, the way it can be the way you want it to be. And so you know, I started writing these newsletters and people were like, Hey, this is really helping me. I have, you know, quite frankly, I had a couple guys, you know, email back and say, I, you know, I've been in such a bad state. This really helped, you know, just really helped motivate me and, you know, to get me out of this, this funk I've been in. And, hmm. and that was pretty cool. I mean, I never anticipated the response I got. And so after a while, I said, this has to be something a little bigger. And I think it can be something bigger, more of a movement, you know, very mission-based. And, and um, so I, I said, you know, I, I love to, I love to talk to people like you. And, and I said, well, I'll start a podcast. And I didn't do that for quite a while. I just got busy with other, other projects and work and that. And uh, so about the last nine months, I've been working on a, on a platform that um, is community-based. So we have a, a, a circle, uh, a circle community. So circles, a platform, a community platform. So yeah. we, we've built our uh, badass community on, on circle um we've kind of built it around the wheel of life so if you're familiar with that so you've got you know friends and family and sex and relationships and finance and career and you know all those different you know spokes on that wheel right yeah and so you know the the idea is to get some really badass you know experts in there to to be guides within this community so if you enter in and you've got you know a um transition that you're making you know in regard to your relationship maybe well there's the guide in there that you can talk to and then you can also obviously have the support of the other members of the community um so there's a lot of things that we do inside of there so you know weekly amas with with guests or with experts i'm saying um and different you know different fun things as we go along but it's really just starting that part of it is is really going to be the essence of badass um, we've got a, a you know content resources area of the platform um, where I'm bringing together um, different uh, content contributors. So the idea behind it is I'm kind of the ringmaster, but I want to you know just get some badass contributors from a content perspective that I think are going to bring value to our audience. And, and I'm really looking to highly curate this because mm-hmm. I don't want this to be another. Um, you know, another AARP where, you know, they're advertising, you know, blue blockers and, you know, fucking walk-in showers and shit like that, you know, and life insurance, um, you know, Tom Selleck selling it, you know, I don't want it to be like that. I want it. Yeah. We we don't want blue blockers. We want, we want Caddis eye appliances. Let's just give a shout out. Yeah. We want Caddis. Yeah. Give give a shout out to him. (laughs) Yeah. That was a good good episode, by the way. Yeah. 
actually, I'm trying to, I want to, I want to work with Tim's company. I think, uh, I think it'd be a good collaboration. So yeah, I'm sure it would be. Yeah. Okay, so it's, so- no, it's just, it's exciting. It's fun. I think there's a big need um, in this space for a, a cool, um, a cool brand like Tim's, for instance, like over 50 badass, you know, mm-hmm. one that, um, you know, folks would be proud to, to wear, you know, certainly like Caddis. And I think, um, you know, along that, along with that, we can bring some really good, meaningful content to help people through these midlife transitions to make the most of their second halves, you know? Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely something that, you know, we've had this conversation with, with Tim Parr of Caddis Eye Appliances. Folks, if you haven't heard that episode, it's just a few back. It's somewhere in the 90s uh, episode number. And Tim is, and we'll talk about him, I think, in a little bit. Um, I want to talk about his his anti, anti-aging position. Um, and diving into that community of folks, it's just, it's just such a rich part of the population that, that often gets overlooked, right? Once you're over 50, you're, you're not the target market anymore. You're not the chosen market. You're, you're, you're certainly not looked to as uh, inspirational much anymore, unless you're in one of the, the stereotypes, you know, the wise old person, the Dalai Lama or something like that, or the, the kindly old professor, right? right. Certainly not seen as someone with vigor, uh, unless it's somebody that's kind of douchey, you know, like, uh, you know, because like, old guys, especially guys, they get kind of creepy. You know, I'm sorry, but, you know, Jeff Bezos gets kind of creepy. Uh, how old is Elon he's, Musk he's, now? Is he 50? He is fucking jacked now. Did you see? Jeff I know. Bezos? It's kind of weird. I'm just what saying. The fuck? Yeah. 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 You get over 50. It can get kind of weird. So we definitely need, I think, uh, some some better, more inspirational elders like that you live in the area that's obviously uh, just absolutely rich with native american history right yeah. uh far more than 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 uh, where i'm at or maybe we just don't uh celebrate it in quite the same way out here in california um unless it's a casino so th- that's a that's a a people with with a rich history of elder respect right and with generations that come together and it feels like when I look at your site that, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to do a little bit of bridging there, but at the same time, also empowering folks that are over 50 say, Hey, you know, you're not dead yet. Stop thinking like you are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the intergenerational conversation is, is one that needs to be had more often, um, mm-hmm. both in general public and, and, you know, in the, within the walls of the workplace. Um, I think there, there can be a lot of benefit to, you know, having intergenerational teams, um, you know, there, there's studies that have, have said that that is much more a, a productive team than, than one that is just comprised of, of one demographic age-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of benefits to that. And yeah, you know, 50 years old, you know, one of our taglines is, is the Saint Your Daddy's 50. Because, you know, back in the day, you know, if you think of back in the 50s or 60s, you know, 50 was old, man. Like you, you, you know, not just in the media, but I think in general, you know, people thought of that as, as old, quote unquote. And I think mm-hmm. now it's changed. I mean, 50, you know, you can be just getting started in something. You can, you can still be, you know, extremely healthy and full of that, that word vigor that you, you, that you brought up, um, you know, and, and so I, it is different than the way it used to be, but, but from a media perspective, it's not treated any differently. And, and you and I both, you and I both come from, you know, the, the ad space, yeah. And, it, you know, it's 
it, it's such bullshit that, you know, not only did they lump us into one freaking demographic, like it's insane because, you know, would you, would you look at a, you know, a 20 year old, the same as you would a 45 year old? No, you know, uh, right. But, but they lump us in, you know, 50 year old, 50 year olds in with, you know, 80 year olds. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's crazy. You know? No, I agree. Uh, I, I agree. It's that we can do better. I remember when you were talking about how, 50 used to be seen as so old. I just wonder if you're 12 years old or 18 years old right now, you know, does 50 still seem as old as it seemed to us when we were that age? I still remember. I don't know why, but um, sometime in the eighties, I was on, uh, I think this whole conversation was me dating myself, which is fine. I'm proud of that. I'm dating myself. I was born in 71, June 10th. Birthday's coming up, folks. Send send gifts. Uh, I remember a Good Morning America segment. (laughs) where they were talking about the Rolling Stones and they were talking about how, I guess it was probably Mick Jagger. One of them uh, was turning 50, how the band was, was going on tour and they were in their fifties and how crazy that was to think of people playing rock and roll at 50 years old. Right now that's kind of like standard issue, right? The rock rock, uh, genre is a little bit older, right? A lot of the bands, uh, Foo Fighters, you, you name it, the bands are, if they're not 50, they're they they're pushing 50. It's certainly not seen as anything crazy. But at that point, nobody from rock and roll had turned 50 yet, right? Yeah. And well, if you, the, 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 you know, rock and roll itself wasn't that old, but yeah, you know, at that point, you know, so. Yeah. Well, and in the hip hop community, there's a lot of 50 year old uh, power players within hip hop now. Like, whoa. How it's Dr. Dre, Dr. right? Dr. Dre's got to be mid fifties, right? Yeah, you know, and 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 people before that, but still mad respect, and they're still uh, within at least hip hop. The intergenerational partnerships are strong, right? The up and comers are are featuring these old heads on tracks left and right uh, out of respect, not not because they're going to get any sales, because featuring some of these old heads on their singles, the you know the young generation doesn't know who they are. It's just like there's a history of paying respect through samples and through just, you know, bringing people in onto your tracks. And, and I really appreciate that about, about hip hop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did too. There's a great line on your website. Uh, it says a group of people who didn't know you when you were young, you join this group with who you are today and who you're going to be tomorrow. No one gives a F asterisk asterisk I don't know what that is anyway whatever that is where (laughs) where you've been unless you need us to know how freeing is that now I love this I love this a lot because back in the day when I used to go on dates and I didn't really even start dating until I was in like almost 40 because I just had a few long-term relationships wait a minute so you said so you went on dates so now you're dating yourself you said so is that how does that work no, no. <laughs> um, I love dating myself, even in relationships, those moments on your own where you're just exactly beautiful. I hadn't really been dating my life since I was at that pup. And I found myself out there, 40 years old, speaking to myself, actually saying out loud, I'd literally say to people, I'm so much more interested in who you want to be than who you were. Because by the time we're a bit grown up, by the time, you know, we've made mistakes. Most of us, we've been versions of ourselves that we are no longer excited about. And revisiting those older versions with new people, like, what's the point of that? Where's the right. win? Where's the yeah. win? We've got yeah. new friends and we should always get a chance to be 100% of who we want to be and, and carry that into new relationships. And, and, and only the old versions of ourselves 
that we still enjoy that we want to curate, right? But so many people get hung up digging through other people's past, through their junk bins. And unless it's criminal or psychopathic or something, there's no win there, right? There just isn't. It's like, be here now. Right, be be present now and then be aspirational as to who you, you know, who you want to be and who you want to, you know, what you want to do because the people that you want to be with and that you should have in your lives are those people that are going to, you know, respect who you are at the present and support you into your journey as who, you know, to who you want to be in the future, you know? So that's, that's the, a, a rich part of your community. You know, people who join your community sounds like this is a community that's going to ask of you who you want to be. And I think that's, a, that's a great basis for any community, whether it's a community of two or a community of thousands. Yeah, you're spot on. You're, you're spot on. That's exactly what our mission is, is to, you know, forget what you did 10 years ago. Forget forget who you wanted to be through that lens of that 22 year old, because, you know, that's a that's so different. You know how what you thought your life was going to turn out to be when you were 22 is so different most of the time as to how it did turn out, but it's also different than how you you'd want it to be in many respects is if you look through a different lens, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So, um, you know, kind of let those things go, let those, let some of those things go if they don't fit anymore. And, and so, so many times we get hung up into not making changes in our lives or not, um, you know, being the person that we can be or that we want to be because we are so stuck on the ideas of who we should be or who we should have been based upon where, what our goals and our dreams were when we were 20. What did you, what did you want to be when you were 22 years old? I want to be a fucking rock star. Yeah. Okay. Have you you given, have you given up on that yet? I have that. I've given up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How close yeah, did you get? I, I, I carry a karaoke like a motherfucker and okay. like, really mean air guitar, but um, but yeah, I gave up on that. I uh, let's see, twenty two. Let's see. Um, yeah, I wanted to be. I wanted to be like in Egypt uh, deciphering, uh, uh, you know, hieroglyphics. That's what I wanted to be doing. Um, That's cool. And uh, studying, you know, ancient cultures. Um, I haven't totally given up on that in that it's still an area that fascinates me. You know, I still have my hieroglyphic study manuals because, you know, in the university. Um, But uh, yeah, that part of me, I'm, I'm okay. But I still sometimes think like that would have been an interesting path. Like that still would have been a cool time. Absolutely. Did you, you know? go to school for, for what sociology? Or? Uh, I, I got a, I picked up a degree in, in religious studies because that was as close yeah. as I could get. They didn't have, you know, I would have had to go on to a master's to get into what I, I really wanted to get into. But by the time I made my way through college, I was like, I, I want to go make some money and, and, you know, get into the, the agency world and stuff like that. So I did not uh, pick up that master's, but you recently posted a piece related to this. Uh, and it, it's also an, super common interview question. So thanks for setting me up. Yeah. Uh, and your piece is what I would tell my 25 year old self, you know, I've read it listeners, maybe not. So, you know, what summarize, tell me, what would you tell your 25 year old self? You know, so I think the main point in one, one of the things that, that I, you know, that is in that piece is, is be curious, you know, kick tires, um, break shit, um, make sure that you're always learning. Um, 
don't worry so much about what people are thinking because they're, you know, more often than not, they're not thinking about you at all. They're not looking at you. You know, when you're young, you, you've got a little bit of a sense of, um, oh gosh, naivety about your importance in this world and, and how much your your every action and, and, you know, everything you're doing is being watched. And, and uh, yeah, you, know, agree. you get to the point that, it, you know, you realize it's not, you know, people don't care that much. Right. So be yourself, you know, why, you know, don't waste effort on, on trying to be who they want you to be or who you think they want you to be, be yourself. Um, but, you know, give yourself a break. You know, there's going to, you're going to make mistakes. I, I think that's a big thing. Um be okay with that, you know, be okay with, with making those mistakes, breaking shit. Um, but continue to be curious because I think, you know, curiosity can lead to so many great discoveries, both in relationships and in work and, and just life in general. And, and, and I think another thing that, that I don't think is on that list is, is get, get the fuck out of where you are and travel and, and try to travel as much as you can, um, in throughout your life, but especially when you don't have the responsibilities that many of us, you know, start to start to pick up as we go into our twenties. So take advantage of, take advantage of being able to do it. Do, if you can do it, if you're, if you have a way to do it, uh, take a gap year when you, when you graduate from high school, really folks do. If you have kids, you're listening to this, get your kids to take a gap year. It's not going to mean that they get derailed and they don't go through college, Right. If, if that if that's what happens, they were probably going to get derailed anyway. Let your yeah. kids out and, and support them in that in that decision. And, you know, what you said in there about how people aren't paying attention to you, they're not looking right. You're standing in a room at a party. You think, oh, everybody, they see me that I'm feeling awkward. They, they don't. They're not paying attention. They're not seeing how you dance. They're not right. looking at you. But, you know, when they do look at you, if you are 17 and you're posting all the time on social media. Yeah then you're asking people to look at you like right. slow, slow down on that a little bit when you're younger. I'm not saying this as an old head. That's like, ah, get off my lawn, but you're actually freezing these youthful moments for people then to judge. And whether yeah. you like it or not, whether you admit it or not, you're counting likes. Right. Yeah. And these are these frozen moments in time at a time that they are, they're not supposed to be. They're just not, you're not right. supposed to put your 17 year old self out there to be judged by your peers and strangers all the damn time. Like let well, go of that and, and it will be freeing. Absolutely. And that's leading to, I think, so much anxiety within the younger generations that doesn't need to be there, you know, it, because when you are, you are, you're posting constantly, you're inviting both the good and the bad from, you know, from a response perspective. And so, you know, you, at that point, at that age, it's hard to have thick skin. So I think that can lead to all sorts of problems. Yeah. You're letting, you're letting a large group of strangers nudge your life, nudge your fashion choices, nudge your friendships, you know, um, push you in different directions uh, and, and make you just sort of part of the, the larger blandness that is common culture, the Visco girls. Um, (laughs) Sorry to be mean. Yeah, you know, and, and it's it's funny. I mean, you you we talk about you're talking about dancing and and being being able to you know do things you know freely and be yourself. I wish for for every young person, younger person, and I do. I know I sound like an old head. No, I mean just if if you were able to be yourself and to fully embrace even your even awkwardness, and you know, my my wife will 
fully attest that I embrace my weirdness, my awkwardness. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, I'm one of those weird people that kind of like people to be like, Whoa, that dude's kind of strange, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, cause it's fun. <laughs> yeah. But I, I wish more people could, could do that and could let go and, and not have that anxiety. You know, I never, never struggled with it too much. I think when I was younger, I did, you know, worry about what people thought would be more. And at the, I'm at the point now where, I, you know, I'm myself, you know, if you don't like me, I honestly, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Know? It's one of the freedoms that definitely comes often with age. Some people are, are born with it. And I've always admired the hell out of those folks. My oldest son, Justice, is very much like that. He's his own dude. He's never worried about it. And I, yeah. Where'd you get that? I didn't teach that to you. You just have had that. And it's super admirable. Um, let's talk about this disconnect between the generations. It's such an important thing. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you agree with my take, maybe not, but I, I keep running up my whole life, this expectation that the next generation is going to save us, you know, that the, the, the next generation, they're the ones who are going to be smarter. They're going to be more accepting. They're going to vote the way I want them to vote. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Right. But it turns out that doesn't really happen. Each generation perpetuates the same divides. They even exacerbate them. I mean, look where we're at right now in the United States, right? The people that are exacerbating the divides used to be that young, fresh generation that was going to solve this shit, right? So what I'm curious about is like, when do we take responsibility? You know, the generation in charge, yeah, yeah. not generation X, we have no responsibility because we're too small, right? We don't have any power. We're, we're, we're absolved. Now, uh, as the generation, as the adults, when do we act like adults, and work hard to make the world better for our kids. And I'm not talking about voting once every four years. That's like the right. very right. least you can do is check a box every four years and then wear a little badge. Like you're proud. Like, look, I just changed my country. That's bullshit. That's like the minimal lowest lift, folks. I mean, right. working hard to solve these divides and not kicking the can down the road, which is what we do, which is what our parents did, which is what we keep doing. And we got to work with these younger generations. Yeah. Every um, generation does that. I mean, I think we're, you know, you get to, you get to a certain point and then, you know, like you said, you, you look to the, the, the generation that's up and coming to, to solve some of these things whereby, you know, we need to, to keep being involved from a grassroots standpoint. And, and I'm, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody yeah, me too. You know, to, to, you know, to be the one that has, commentary um you know about what's happening you know again we're not going to get into politics but you know on either side but yet not you know i'm not going out there and, and and mobilizing and and doing things that i need to do even in my community i mean i you know i i try to do my part here and there but i could do a lot more and i think i think that we fall into this trap that we're going to let somebody else and hope and cross our fingers that you know, oh, they, you know, I think they've got some really good traits, this, you know, whatever generation it could be, Y, Z, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. And then when it doesn't come to fruition, you know, th then there's this, oh, shit. Well, okay, so now what? And I, I, I think as a, as a society, we need to be able to continue to work no matter if, we're, you know, we're in generation X, we're a boomer, we're, you know, Gen Z, and, and work together. I think that the voices that you hear out in, in society so many times are the ones that are hiding behind their, their, their iPhones and their laptops and hiding behind, you know, Twitter, um, espousing on, you know, the other party or whoever it is fashionable to hate on that day. And, 
you know, when we were younger, that opportunity didn't exist. I, I, I personally think that it would have been the same way if the technology existed back in the seven, you know, the eighties when we were, you know, when we were eighties, nineties, when we were growing up, yeah. it would be, it would have been the same because, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, technology is, is allowing this is enabling this and promoting it. You know, you've got the algorithms promoting the hate speech. You've got, you know, you've got all this working together to create this, this perfect storm. Yeah. And it it's fucking scary, man. It's a tough thing. And I think that, we, and by we, I mean, you know, anybody you want to consider yourselves not a kid, whatever that means to you, just a little bit older folks. It starts with taking responsibility, you know, taking, owning the fact that we haven't done enough, owning the fact that we've been uh, allowed ourselves to be just, you know, buried by whether they're personal goals, you know, um, to, to make money, buy houses, whatever, or we've just been swamped in debt, or we've been busy, or we've been, whatever the reasons are, you know, clearly the end result is we haven't done enough to create a society that doesn't have so much uh, antagonistic behavior, right? Um, so taking responsibility doesn't matter who you voted for, for president, okay? You're still responsible, whether it's as responsible, more responsible, less responsibility, just start with taking some that maybe you haven't done enough. I haven't done enough. And, and bridging this gap is such a hard thing. I want to ask you your thought on sort of this, this idea of respect for elders. And, you know, I have uh, young kids, uh, 10 and 12, and so they're going through, through um, hell, I mean, public education. You know, they're, you're, you are told to just automatically respect, you know, your teachers and your elders. I, I kind of feel like respect has to be earned from older generation to younger. You know, it's not an automatic, it should be both. And I feel like the older generation needs to respect the younger generation if they expect the younger generation to respect them and vice versa. We have to meet somewhere in the middle. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree from a respect standpoint. I think respect is a deeper um, it, I guess we call it an emotion, a deeper emotion than say, just being polite. So I mm -hmm. think, you know, I think general politeness has gone out the window in this, in this society from a respect standpoint, I think that goes a little deeper. I think you can be That's a good polite point. to your, you know, polite to your elders, mm -hmm. right. Or polite to, you know, polite to younger people. True respect is more of an internal feeling, Right. So, you know, based upon actions and deeds and, and how you perceive that person through the through your own lens. Right. Mm -hmm. so, and you can feel it. You can feel when people do you remember. Do you remember, Craig, when you were growing up when you were a little a little pup? Do you remember the difference between the adults and the older people who uh, who saw you and those who didn't? Yeah. yeah. Remember, like those yeah, would be I mean, the special adults. Like, absolutely. Ah. Yeah, I know. I, rem I remember like my folks having like a, you know, a cocktail party or whatever and whatever the hell they were listening to back then, like Kenny Rogers or some shit, you know, right. whatever it was. You yacht, know. yacht Rock. Yeah, 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 yacht Rock, little ABBA. You know, so I remember, you know, I remember coming down, you know, from up my upstairs bedroom and meeting, you know, meeting their guests. And, and yeah, you can tell, I mean, the, 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 mostly at the time it was men because you kind of looked up to the other guys, your dad's buddies. And the ones that actually took the time to, to talk to you and, and, you know, and, and, you know, just joke, joke around with you. Those were the guys that you looked up to and that you respected, you know? And, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree. 
Yeah, you could just tell it wasn't who gave you gifts or presents or whatever. It was just like you got that they had a respect and there's a kinship and they were still they were still young themselves on the inside. Didn't matter how old they were, right? They still had that. They were tapping in to that fountain of youth. Um, Absolutely. Which you know, is funny. I think yeah. I think you're like that. I, I can tell just, you know, I haven't known you very long, but I can tell you that you're like that with your, you know, the friends of, of your sons. And and so and I, I, I like to be that way, too. And, and, you know, quite frankly, there's probably some that are like, oh, dude, like you're you're old, you're a dork. But I don't you know, I don't yeah. care. I, I like yeah. to try to, you know, try to get, you know, on somewhat of the same level as they are, you know, in terms of. Maybe I, sometimes I try too hard. I'm not going to lie, you know, like, it, and it, it probably backfires on me because I'm, I'm probably the subject of some, some crazy TikTok video somewhere, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's okay. Because you don't care. So with, with over 50 badass, you, it's, you're the experts that come in, what kind of, I mean, I'm sure they, they, they glance on a lot of the stuff that we've talked about, but, you know, smarter and deeper and funnier. Uh, but what kind of, of subject matter are you, are you diving into? What's, what's sort of the, the heart of it? Well, you know, so much of it, so much of it is, is dealing with the transitions that we go through in midlife. So, you know, dealing with, you know, the ends of relationships, mm. um, and how to, you know, how do you move on from that? You know, I think, you know, starting over and, and, you know, looking at dating again when you're, you know, 48, 50, 55, you know, for a lot of people that can be like, whoa, where do I even start? You know, and, mm-hmm. and it can be very, it can be really awkward. Um, so, you know, that type of thing, you know, career transitions are huge now, you know, I think, you know, whether or not you've made a career transition in midlife, that can be extremely difficult to navigate. Um, you know, I think the pandemic, uh, you know, and you and I have had conversations about this, so the, the pandemic has been good and bad for our generation in terms of, in terms of our careers and business. Um, in some ways, a lot of us have been held back and had, have had, you know, these limiting beliefs about making changes, but also um, have had, you know, these, I quote unquote safe careers with 401ks and we've been in the same role for 20, 25 years. And you wake up and you you're in a cold sweat because you're like, I am fucking miserable. And I have been, and I got to do something about this, but you're so scared to take that first step and make that change that it's, you know, it can be paralyzing. So, you know, some of the things we're, talking, yeah, we're talking about that. We're talking about how do you, how do you even get your head around that? Right. And then if you get your own head around that, how are you going to deal with your tribe, your family that says, well, you can't do, you can't open up that coffee shop or that skate shop, whatever the hell it is you want to do, because you've got a family, man, you, you've got this 401k, you've been there for 20 years. There's no way you're going to make that change. I don't care if you're miserable. Work's not supposed to be fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so there's all that to get, you know, all that to to get through. And, and so these transitions can be difficult. So, you know, a lot of what we're gonna be talking about are those types of things. Um, but we're gonna come at it, you know, certainly with with valuable, you know, guidance and and some, you know, I I hate to use the word expertise because I don't think anybody's an expert. Um, in some of these areas, um, 
we've all been through transitions. So we can mm-hmm. all say, you know, hey, we're ex- I'm an expert. I'm an expert in career transitions. I've done it many times. <laughs> well, it's the conversation that's so valuable. It really is, right? Yes. That's that's this podcast was was founded on that largely this these moments, these, you know, nice work, these leaps of faith that people have taken to hit upon what they feel is their life work, right? Their their passion work. Um, And folks listening to this, at least some of them already, what you just said resonated with them. Like, yeah, ah, you know, it is scary. How do I, how do I um, allow myself to value happiness over you know, um, security, right? But there's a type of security that comes with happiness. And we live in a, uh, a world that, you know, the, the, the larger value system, it can be argued is a little bit out of whack, right? Yeah, we need money. Yeah, yeah we got to have careers. Yeah, we got to feed our families, et cetera. And it is a privilege to be able to pursue your passion for a lot of folks, right? It's a privilege because you just simply can't afford to do it. Right. But having these conversations in our society means that maybe eventually we start to look at different metrics where GDP isn't the ultimate metric. The stock market isn't the ultimate metric that you look at when you wake up in the morning. Your personal stock portfolio isn't what defines your happiness that day. And man, if you have stocks and you're looking at your stock portfolio every morning, that's a recipe for disaster because the science says that we internalize negativity twice or three times as much as we do positivity. So if your portfolio goes up 3%, that's cool for the day. But if it goes down 3%, it's three times as negative. So stop. Yeah, if, that if stuff. it goes down 3%, <laughs> you're not, yeah, you're not sleeping that night. If it's down, if, if it's up, you know, it's a fun, you know, if it's a fun dinner. Yeah. But yeah, you know, and I think, I think you're right. I mean, we need to, to look at what success and happiness mean through that different lens. If you look at like say the Scandinavian countries and they're always, you know, leading in the happiness measurement uh, mm-hmm. in this world. Right. And, and so, you know, it's not, it's not an accident that they look at work-life balance differently, you know, and, and they look at, uh, you know, parental leave differently and bereavement leave and all those things that they take in a much more serious fashion. We're beginning to catch up. But I think we've still got a long way to go. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that plays a big part in it. You know, the way that so your society looks at that balance between, you know, work and, and family. And, you know, I, I think we've still got we've still got a way. We are we are slowly, slowly getting there, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would choose to hope so. I would choose to think so. I like to you know, I definitely think it makes a lot of sense and it's helpful to um, look for the positive signs out there. Right. Um, It doesn't mean we need to be naive, but yeah, I think that the conversations are developing. I mean, we're having one right now, right? What you're doing with your life right now is trying to promote these kinds of values. Like, Hey, you're over 50. Hey, the value systems that were in place within yourself and within your society 40 years ago, maybe they've changed and that's cool. Right. So let's, let's react to those changes. Let's adjust. And guess what? There's a lot of people out there having these same concerns and conversations and maybe within your family, you don't feel supported. Bummer for you. Totally bummer. Right. Um, But let's go one circle out from your family. And there is a support network out there. And then, and so, Historically, you know, you know what we're doing at, at Badass 
for men is it you know has been done and is being done um, for the women in our lives. Um, you know, historically, women have had many more opportunities to um, get together and, and be able to commune with their feelings and transitions in different in, in you know on different levels. Um, and there are many more opportunities. So there are many more women's groups out there. There are many more um, you know masterminds out there for women. Um, men, you know, have a limited array of choices, you know, of communities that they can participate in to, to get together as, as, as a group that are, you know, that, that, you know, collectively are going through these things and supporting one another. And I think it's, you know, it's been difficult because men as a, as a gender find it hard to express themselves, you know, and I think, you know, what we want to provide too is a place that you can express yourself and there's, you know, there's no, you know, there's no judgment, you know, you'll get, you know, uh, I'll kick you out if there, you know, if there's anybody in there in, in the community that isn't supportive and that, and that, you know, is, is hating on, on somebody's choices or them or, or somebody, you know, their person, they'll, they'll they won't last long uh, because there's no place for that. You know, we need to all support one another. And if somebody, if a man comes into a community and gets blasted for, you know, for saying something, you know, they're not going to open up anymore. So, okay, so you've, people that, you've yeah. answered it for me then. I, Cause looking at your site, you know, there's a lot of photos of like, good looking 50 something dudes with, you know, beards that make me jealous. Um, so this is more of a, a men centered sort of bro bonding type of community. Or, yeah, I mean, I, okay. I hate to use the word bro because you get, I was just saying it just to rally you up. Yeah. yeah sorry. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I initially, you know, I initially was not gender specific, but you know, after, you know, realizing where men are at and the opportunities that that aren't there for, mm-hmm. for us as a gender, um, I felt there's a big need for that. I, I think what what's cool about what we're trying to do is to um, is to bring together men in an environment that is is freeing to them and, and able to support them through these transitions. Certainly, and it, you know, we'll get into that a little bit more, but but. From the women's perspective, bring your men, you know, send your men to us, you know, your, 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 your brothers, your boyfriends, your husbands, your, your fathers, your cousins, you know, if you see anybody out there that, you know, maybe is going through transition or could use some support or just maybe needs to, you know, hang out with other, other bros, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and do some cool shit, you know, um, you know, I, I think there are a lot of times the men that come to us are going to come to us because they're a woman in their life has has suggested it, you know. And, and so some of the feedback that we've gotten has pointed to that. So, so I think to, that's going to be a big thing. To be honest, uh, there was a time not so long ago when I would look at sort of like these male, you know, camp out groups or whatever, these these men support groups. And I was like, give me a fucking break right we yeah. run the world right. all, the, all, and, all these guys and, are beards yeah. and they're pouting their chest yeah and, and they're like oh you know life is so hard and i was just like oh come on man you is it really that hard you own everything right so but but i've come yeah. to like realize that there's you know that was me generalizing these groups and a lot of those groups yeah. probably would be places that i would just you know 
not have a great time. But I, I am starting to realize that, you know, there is a form of camaraderie, of male camaraderie that doesn't have to be toxic, you know. And a matter of fact, it's this fear of hanging out with a bunch of other guys because you're like, it's just going to be fucking toxic. Right. It's just going to be yeah. racist or they're just going to be a bunch of, you know, dicks, et cetera. And like, that's the last group I want to hang out with. But then you got to go, oh, but there's other dudes like me who also feel yeah. the same way. And that would be nice to be able to hang out and just like talk about, hey, how do we become better role models and influence all these asshole dudes? Because we don't want to just ignore them. We don't want to say, okay, they're a bunch of assholes. Forget them. We can't. We can't leave them behind. We've got to try to reach them. As, as, as difficult as that is, and it banging your head into a wall as it is, we've got to try. When you look at, at other groups in, in some other people within this kind of, I don't even know what to call this space, you know, this um, midlife or you know, I, I shudder to even say senior space, but <laughs> most, most people come at this, most organizations come at this with kind of this like pseudo educational, you know, bent, like very, very kind of, you know, lofty, you know, type of vernacular and the way they come at you from a, from a voice of the brand perspective, first of all, you know, other than, other than Caddis and and I dare say what we're doing, there's not a lot of cool brands in this space, right? That's true. Um, um, so I mean, it was intentional to actually you know think about a brand prior to even you know doing anything uh, because that is going to attract more people to our movement, you know. So, mm-hmm. so that's purposeful. But you know, I, I think that you know we can do so much from the perspective of bringing in and being inclusive making sure that there's no hate. So that's the prerequisite, you know, as long, you know, we welcome everybody as long as there's no hate or no, you know, there's not, you know, we won't stand for, for racism or, you know, any ism really. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you come to, if you come open to the community, just like you said, we'd love to change people's hearts and change people's minds as they're going through these transitions and being open to conversations that take place in the community. And, you know, it's not always going to be about transitions. Like, I, I don't want to make this, this, this isn't a community that you have to bring your troubles to and your problems. And right. you know, it, that's, that's all that it is. I aspire to make this, and there's going to be more coming out about this in the next few months, kind of an elevated mastermind where, you know, we have regional and national um events where we have we have a group of just really cool people that happen to be Gen X and early boomer that want to go and, and and eat eat great food, talk, listen to great live music and you'll know, kind of have like this kind of solo house for Gen X feel, you know, like this mm-hmm. cool, you know, hang out with super cool people that can elevate each other. That's what I want to do with that aspect of of, of the company uh, going forward. So you know, I'm looking forward to looking forward. I, to I'm done with that. that. I mean, you've, there's so much work to be done. Um, I was reading on a website. Um, it was uh, what was the site? Oh, Over50badass.com. Uh, and it turns out that middle-aged men are the biggest assholes in the world. Uh, they're the ones most in the need of being super nice. Uh, they're the ones who who. You know, you are targeting. Uh, So I found a link on your site to a University of Georgia study titled, They Are Such an Asshole, Describing the Targets of a Common Insult Among English Speakers in the United States. Quick summary. 
Check this out, folks. Researchers recently asked 397 men and women who they thought was the most manipulative, aggressive, entitled person they knew. A vast majority of them reported that the most monumental prick in their orbit was a middle-aged man, shocker, typically an estranged family member, boss, ex-friend, or romantic partner, or in more quantitative science speak, targets were typically male, 79%, with an average age of 42.71 years. Just very specific. Uh, one third were identified as romantic partners, coworkers, bosses, family members, or friends of participants, while half formerly held such a role. So first of all, first of all, wow. Craig, do you think this is true? I mean, I read this and I immediately thought of Elon Musk. And I'm sorry, Tesla drivers. I just think they do it's a prick. <laughs> you know, wait, Craig, do you drive a Tesla? Are we going to fight about this? I do not. I do not drive okay, a cool. Tesla. No, I just immediately thought of that guy. What do you think? Is Do you think that middle-aged men get a bad rap? Or is this science sound legit to you? I think... In in relation to other, you know, maybe a 38.315-year-old female, I think mm-hmm. in relation to others, yeah. I think it's probably it's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah, and that's the whole basis of the study. This is in relation to others who are the biggest assholes. Yeah. Yeah. They tend to be yeah. so that's where the work needs to be done. It sounds about right to me. It really does. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's kind of just the 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 nature of the beast right now or is it the nurture well, we're gonna beast? have to we're i don't know cross, we're gonna have to cross badass with the super nice club and see what we can come up with that makes a lot of sense to me that's where the work needs to be done but i also love this study here's what i love about it i love it because middle-aged dude dude bros are so easy to manipulate it's like sex cars high-tech gadgets mostly right. sex which makes yeah. me wonder why women uh, and gay men don't demand yeah. nicer partners. Like, what's up with that? They've got what we want. They hold the cards, and yet they marry assholes. There, is it, wait, they, that's that's part of us. That's part of us. Are you going to start singing? There's a song there. No, I'm not. But you know, they marry the assholes. They vote for the assholes. Uh, many women seem attracted to assholes, which then empowers assholes. This has always confused me. Like oh, it's always confused me, dude. Like, why are the why are the girls always with the dicks? Like, not I'm not saying literally, but why are the the girls always with the guys with the biggest pricks? There's probably I think there are studies on that, and there's there's uh, pheromone things and genetic things, but you know we can't be better than our base nature, right? What we're born right. to be attracted to. So I'm not blaming women. All right. But I am saying we all need to take responsibility for making these men, moms and dads. Yes. Because our kids are growing up to be cowboys and assholes. Uh, They don't always have to go hand in hand. That's all I'm saying, right? There's nice nice cowboys. There are nice cowboys out there. There are nice cowboys. I'm going to give a shout out. Tell you what, this is my giveaway too. Don't cheat, folks. Don't cheat. Cheaters cheaters suck. Really nice cowboy, wise cowboy named Ray Hunt. Ray Hunt is a horse whisperer. He's no longer with us. If you've ever heard of Ray Hunt, you know Ray Hunt. First one to message me a little bit of why you appreciate the man. I'll send you uh, I'll send you a super nice club shirt. Yeah. Ray Hunt, real wise, nice cowboy. That's that's my random. Oh, you know, the wisdom in the Ray Hunt's words, little book that he's written. He's kind of like a Dalai Lama of horse whispers. I'm not going to, I don't even think that's overstating it. The guy's 
pretty impressive. What he talks about in terms of working with horses would apply to you can be a C-suite executive trying to figure out how to run your team. Ray Hunt's got answers for you. Um, I mean, it anyway, so write that name down, folks. Ray Hunt. I'm going to be looking at it right after Home, get offline. Homespun wisdom from Ray Hunt. Uh, inspirational people over 50. What's what's the top three for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm inspired. You know, I hate to pull out any, you know, people in the entertainment industry, certainly. But, um, you know, I look at at people that I aspire to be like, mm-hmm. Um my dad, if I'm if we're looking at over 50, yeah. I mean, you, you know, this, you know, brings me back to the super nice club. I mean, I think to go through life and have ups and downs and setbacks and losses of, you know, loved ones and, and finances and all these things and still be uh, a guy that has integrity and, is genuinely nice and willing to help others without any expectation in return. And that's who I want to be. Amen to that. So your dad embodies that for you. My dad embodies that to me. Yeah. That's great. Sure. Uh, that, that's great. You know, good parents make good kids. That's the idea, right? I, I wish to, uh, to be the person that, that I strive to be at some point here every day you're growing man you know uh, you know i i talk to you and i, I feel like today's a win you know today mm-hmm. a conversation like the one we're having you know if i could have a conversation like this every day can i mean can you imagine the the, the growth that we'd have in our lives i mean it, it you know just to uh, to be able to talk about these things that are important and and obviously we have real lives to take part in Mm-hmm. So you can't do that all day, but man. Um, but that's the whole driving force behind your community that you're building, absolutely. right? So that you can tap in whenever you need to have that conversation that it's there. And, you know, maybe Elon, I know you listen to this podcast. You know, I know you do because you're always searching for minds that are brighter than your own uh, and you pay them really well. And then you take credit for their work. So well, on, good on you. So since you're not really doing this Twitter thing, like that was all just a troll, You've got a little extra cash in your pocket. I'm thinking maybe, and you're over 50, you and Craig, you know, you can throw a little bit of shekels his way to start the free speech platform of your dreams with Craig. What do you think, Elon? I'm not looking for a finder's fee or a partnership fee. I'm just saying, I think there might be something there. Would you take his, would you be down with partnering with him? I'm inviting Elon Musk. You know, he he's welcome. You know, he's he's able to grow too. I mean, I think he's got some growth to know, do. I don't, he, I don't think he's, does he really have any room to grow? I don't know. But I, if I he does, know. you know, we're, we're we're there for him for sure. I want to before we forget, I want to talk about our guy because I know you want to partner with him and he's just a cool inspirational over 50 dude. We mentioned him before, Tim Park. Tim Park, yeah. Catasai Appliances. His whole thing is anti anti-aging movement right it's not about the eyeglasses the eyeglasses are his 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 foot in the door his skate deck in the door but this you know rejecting the call to look at aging as a weakness right as something to be fought tooth and nail maybe it, tim says aging gracefully um that almost sounds kind of like you're you're capitulating somewhat you know it's it's more like just, hey, man, I'm aging gracefully, not gracefully. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Right. right. But to right. be 
to be anti-aging is to be anti-human, is to be anti-yourself. You know, you're fighting a process that is just going to happen instead of just going, hey, it's awesome. Like there's some things about 51 that are super awesome. There's some things that aren't, but mostly on the whole, it's pretty awesome. Will I be saying that at 91? I don't know yet. Ask me in 40 years, right? But then then what's what's good at 91 could be completely different than what's good now. I mean, so you'll have different things in your life as you go along. That are good and bad, right? Yeah, puzzles. Yeah, I'll be doing probably yeah. doing a lot of puzzles. puzzles. Yeah. Thick, 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 thick. Yeah. More, more pudding will be, you know, more pudding in your diet, you know, it'll be good. Pudding, like, puzzles, and pinball. Yeah. Um, anyway. You know, so I, I totally agree with that. Like this, this whole anti-anti-aging, you know, so many people are, and, and I struggle with that when I when I named our, our movement here, mm-hmm. because I don't want... I don't think, I, I, I guess that's, that's not true. I, I was going to say, I don't think about how old I am. I think I, I do think about how old I am more so now because I have started this, this mission, this company. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just, you know, I'm in these conversations all the time. Right. But as I'm going about my daily life, I don't think about, you know, I can't do this. I can do this because of my particular age. Mm-hmm. I might think about, you know, what my limitations are based upon, you know, maybe I, you know, I can't, you know, ski as fast as I used to. Maybe I, I still try for fuck's sake. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's things that you just, you, you just have to deal with. Right. But I don't think you need to fight tooth and, you know, tooth and nail against aging because it's going to happen. Like you said, it's inevitable. And it's how, it's how we, process it and how we go through life, you know, in, in spite of our age, whether that's 30 or 60. Yeah. Um, and I think the one thing that I do, I think rally against is the negative perception in society of, of age and the fact that we can't be cool. We, you know, who are we to wear these badass glasses, you know, like Caddis, right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, you know, you're, you're, you're 60, you're, you're you can't be trying to be cool. Well, bullshit. You know, that's yeah. how bullshit on. Right? You can't, you can't wear a t-shirt anymore. If you're, right. if you're, you know, no more t-shirts, it's gotta be polos or button-ups, you know, but can we yeah. acknowledge real quick? Can, can you and I acknowledge as, as men, the aging, at least in our culture is harder for women. All right. It is because yeah. it's the, the, the premium on looks, the premium on beauty, the, the, the bombardment from five years old forward that, you know, uh, you're, you're supposed to find the fountain of youth that you will not be found attractive by men. Uh, it's, we can intellectually acknowledge it as true, but we don't have to experience that the same way. You know, we experience like, ah, hair loss and wrinkles and all this kind of stuff and not being as toned as we used to be, but compared to women, you know, older men are definitely seen in a much, 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 much more positive light. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, on top of that, they're dealing with, you know, physical changes, you know, menopause, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. serious stuff. Yeah. We've got andropause, which is, you know, male menopause where we do lose the testosterone. And and so it is harder to, to, you know, get as, as buff uh, to be as, and, but look at all the money being spent on developing every type of testosterone treatment you can imagine for us. Right. Right. So, you know, and, and, 
Meanwhile, women, you know, just really have to, I live in LA, right? So uh, to stay relevant, it's, it, it pushes on men as well. I see men in their twenties getting, getting uh, Botox and things like that, but you know, women are, there's a deep pressure to, to stay young. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. Do whatever you want with your face, your body, whatever. But it's just like, do it from a place of self-respect and love and not from a place where you feel like you got to do it for society around you. You got to do it for, yeah, I, you know, it's like if it, I, women and men age. And as we age, we appreciate the beauty of our age. And that's what a healthy human does. You know, like well, I, you know what? In, a 50 year old woman remember, is beautiful to me now. Was it yes. when I was 25? See, right. I was just going to bring that up because I, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, like, you know, looking at a, a woman that's, that's your age now, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, back when I was 30, would I have found, you know, a 50 year old woman attractive? Probably not, you know, um, but as except Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay. Well, except Michelle correct. Pfeiffer. All right. I just want to throw yeah. that out there. Eternally, that out eternally there. amazing Michelle there. Pfeiffer. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. But now you look and you see smile lines, right? You see, uh, creases of you see stories in people's faces where they were happy you know a life well lived um in a stretch mark and all these little things you get older you have a deeper appreciation for uh life's uh yeah the stories that play out on our skin in our eyes in our bodies and you can relate because you look at your own you're like yeah i got that too you know cool high fives to us we made it this far yeah. And it's a beautiful thing when you think yeah. about life's, you know, the, the, uh, the tapestry of, of our life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, every, every year, you know, adds a, a, another wrinkle or two, but it also adds that richness to our experiences that, you know, that we can then draw upon and, 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 you know, hopefully, you know, not only for ourselves, but to lift each other up too, you know, and support each other. And uh, that's what it's all about. So I got a question that uh, I think you probably disagree with me on, but I'm a fan of science. So you're probably a fan of science. We're all fans of science, right? We all like Einstein and and these science people. Um, Because science tells us that um, at our age, our brains are literally shrinking right? That we're not as smart as we used to be. Our computers don't process at top speed any longer. I mean, we're still close. You know, we make up with it with wisdom and things like that. And with the internet, you know, um, is there an argument to be made? I'm making the argument. I just want to know if you buy into it at all for maybe capping the top age of like the U S president at like, maybe, I don't know. I'm just like 70, like Trump is 75. Biden is turning 80. Sanders is pushing like 400, like all three men, this isn't political. I'm saying all three men are clearly not peak operators any longer. I doubt any of them can figure yeah. out a, a tip without a calculator. But they want to help run of the world's run one of the world's most powerful nations. So am I ageist for advocating for advocating for a limit on on the, the highest office in the land? If I am, it's okay. But but science. No, I, I I don't I don't entirely disagree. I, I look at the situation that, that we're in with those two gentlemen um, specifically um, there there's, so, you know, I was, I was listening to um, Arthur Brooks, you know, who Arthur Brooks is mm-hmm. uh, author. 
Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he talked about there's there's two different arcs of of our uh, of our, you know, basically brain activity, brain waves. Yeah. And the, the first the first one, you know, comes when you're in your you know 20s, late teens, 20s, 30s, when you're you're building shit. And that's when most innovation gets done. Right? Yeah. And, and, and within organizations or, or discoveries are made, inventions come about. And then you reach this place in your 40s where that starts to wind down. And then you, there's a different type of intelligence that takes over. That's that's more of a intelligence that's better to, you know, for, for instance, somebody who wants to be a mentor or a teacher or to pass on that knowledge. Right. OK, right, right, right. And, and so that the, I think the, the, the synapses might be not be quite as quick to fire from that innov- innovation type of uh, intelligence standpoint, but from a from a wisdom coupled with the ability to to translate that wisdom to other people, um, the older we get, that's the type of wisdom and, and, and intelligence that takes over. Yeah, and I think there's a I sweet band a right? limit to that too, though. Yeah, right. Yeah. What is it like forty to sixty or forty to seventy? I mean, we give right. people like thirty years where they can. Where they can, you know, right. where we have that greatest thing. And then after that, okay, you're 75. There's still a ton of value. There's still a lot of deep yeah. teachings, right? Um, they can get across. Maybe, but maybe not Maybe not running the most powerful com- uh, country in the world. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I, I think that, that's all. And, I, you know, folks, if, yeah. if you push back against that, you're like, that's ageist. I want to hear about it. I do, because yeah. maybe it is. Yeah. I mean, I encounter Tim and Tim and I were talking on this podcast about ageism. Like you encountered out there in the work in the work world, you do. Well, you know, and when you're in your fifties, yeah. like holy shit, because like I still feel I don't, you know, unless I look in the mirror, sometimes I'm like, oh damn, who is that over there, <laughs> right? Because I, I just I, I was always like the youngest one in different work environments very often. Right. I was like the young smart one that was on the coming up and all that stuff. And, you know, I remember when it flipped, when I was in my early thirties working here in LA, not living here, uh, but working on a, a, a team with on a, a TV show, you know, team of, of writers and stuff and going, and there were these, you know, 20, 21, 19 year olds that were so sharp. Right. I didn't know at the time that they were just huffing Adderall. I'm like, how the hell are you guys just going so long and so hard? Like, I didn't know their secret, but they were so sharp and so impressive. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like the older one now, but I loved it. And I still do. I love working with younger people who are sharper and they, they fire me up. I don't feel jealous of them. I'm impressed. Right. I'm like, I'll move over because you're teaching me. And that's awesome. I'm 50 years old. You're 19. You're teaching me stuff. I'm getting younger. I mean, that's the way I kind of think of it. Right. Um, I agree. hundred percent. And if we had those, you know, those, those conversations in work environments that that can take place, man, you know, there's a lot we can do. I, I agree. Um, we wrap these episodes with two quick things. And uh, I mean, I could talk to you for a whole long time about a bunch of stuff, probably end up in, diving into a lot of like, you know, real self therapy that I need, you know, I'd be looking at you <laughs> as a mentor and I'd be crying in about a half an hour from now. So let's skip on that and go to yeah. the super nice challenge, which is a challenge uh, that you, oh, the guest uh, issue to the listeners, something they can do in their lives, something they can do, something small, something big, whatever to make right. their world a nicer place, the world a nicer place. What's a challenge that you can throw out there? You know what I'd like to challenge everybody to do out there in the super nice land 
of the super nice club and the nice work club is to be able to go through an entire week without responding to something that you find offensive in a negative way. Ooh, that's cool. You know, because I think this, there's this, this firestorm, these, you know, hate tweets and responses and, you know, people feel that they're wronged because maybe something that they believe has been, they believe in has been um, insulted. Um, Take a breath, take a breath and don't, don't fire off a tweet. Don't say something right away um, and see if you can do that for a week. Okay. So see if your anxiety level goes down and see if the world is a nicer place. And I think it will be. Do you mean to completely turn the other cheek or do you mean more to not react, take a breath, and then if you still need to respond? Or do you mean just like let it pass for a week? Give yourself like a one week. I think detox. if it's if it's a if it's a obviously if somebody, you know, is physically violent towards you, that does that's well, not what I'm yeah. talking about. But I, I mean if somebody if Touch somebody may throat. insult yeah, if somebody may insult your you know, your favorite team or your, your favorite politician, um, or, right. you know, what have you. Um, yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Be like, uh, what's the movie? Um, oh, Buckaroo Banzai. No. Frozen. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Be like frozen. Let it go. Okay. I, that's, that is a great challenge. And I'm going to, I'm going to challenge, uh, any Lakers fans out there right now. Okay. Lakers suck. All right. I'm in LA. I live in LA, but you know, screw the Lakers, screw LeBron James. All right. Can you, all right. Can you let that go? Can you let it go folks? Just a little bit. All right. Good. We're working on it. That's your first challenge. I like the challenge. Uh, and then lastly, do you have a question for me? You get to be, you get to be the host for a moment and you'll get to be the host for like an hour next yeah. week when, when I'm on your show. But for right now, do you have a question for me? Okay. A teaser question? Yeah, I do. All right. Okay. So, what do you got? Here, here it goes. Uh, all right. All right. All right, Todd. So you've been doing the super nice club for mm-hmm. a while, not a couple of years. Yeah. 10% nicer mm-hmm. is what, where we want to get to. Yeah. Um, How's it going? Uh, me personally, I think uh, I'll never get there because, you know, it's, it's, I'm always seeing I'm really hard on myself, right? Like, ah, I'm, uh, I can do better here. I can do better there. Um, and I like to have the mindset of never getting there anyway, right? That's yeah. what compels yeah. me to not rest in my laurels. But uh, I have made progress in the last few years. Definitely. I definitely have made progress in terms of just being um, – a better listener as a parent, a uh, better listener as a friend. Uh, I'm not saying a good one. I'm saying a better one. Uh, and just having um, better self-awareness, uh, these things that uh, I think typically men, you know, we're, we're slow learners compared to women um, oh, in a lot of things. Our development arc is delayed and it's such a weird thing because women also live longer. So it's pretty unfair. Uh, you know, it should be uh, the whole thing is, is kind of weird. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think for me, it's been going as far as the, I don't, you know, in our society, God, I, we're, we're, we're fucking blowing it folks. We're, we are really blowing it. We're, we're consuming 
our planet and ourselves at a ferocious rate. And we know better. Like it was excusable some years ago when the yeah. science wasn't in, when the repercussions weren't in. Now it's all in and we're still like, yeah, you know, we're going to we're still kicking the can and we're still inflating these bubbles, economic bubbles, you know, all kinds of things. We're still not taking responsibility. And I don't think it can really be nicer until you start taking responsibility uh, for our actions. Um, yeah. I want to say it's going better. There are areas of improvement for sure, but I'm seeing a lot of lack of responsibility. I'm seeing a lot of people saying, oh, technology is going to save us. Don't worry about it. They'll figure oh, it out, bullshit. right? Yeah. Uh, technology is cool and it can be helpful. Tools are great. You know, uh, tools and swords, you know, they have multiple purposes, though. So uh, I, I'm I'm not seeing it necessarily, but I'm also seeing a lot of positive indicators that, uh, you know, there's so many of us that are ready to do it. We just we just um, are isolated as 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 unifying as the Internet was supposed to be. Uh, I think that what it's really done uh, is create a ton of micro niches, a ton of people in their tiny, tiny little, you know, uh, worlds, their tiny little, I'm a fan of this band and this color and I'm into furries and this, and I vote this way. And like, you know, like we have micro tribalized in such a way. And it's, I think it's human nature. You give us the ability to do that. We're going to do that. It's not bad. Like we're bad species, um, and, but it is, it has made it much more difficult to ally in a larger way to promote community growth. We're still not down with community. We associate it with communism, right? Which wasn't community either. That was ownership of an entire state. That was the greediest form of all by a small group of men. Right. Yeah. So and, and, and somehow that gets that gets uh, kind of that that idea gets thrown by the wayside of what it really, truly was. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's there is a, a community first form of living that is embodied uh, in most religions. If you will read your books, you really read them. There's a stewardship that yeah. is embodied it's all right there. All the awesome plans that we need to make this an awesome world have already been developed. They're all there. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the hopeful part. You're exactly right. You know, it, it has gotten better because you've put this out there in the world. And I, I know it's going to pick up, you know, even more steam than it has. And just by having the the super nice club in existence has, has, has made a a change, man. Oh, thanks, man. I really do appreciate that. It's, you know, it's a lot of work. And, and the, the I want to see like you, like anybody who is motivated, we want to see change quickly. We're not satisfied with slow and incremental growth, especially at a time when we don't have time for slow and incremental growth, you know? So to make a difference, the club over 50 badass, we need to get up on it yesterday. Get your back up off the wall. Get your back up off the wall. Hey, Craig Sweeney, the links to Craig's site in the show notes, but you can also just remember over50badass.com. Not that hard. You know, 55-0, write it down, pull over if you're driving to write it down. Otherwise, just, you know, come back to the show afterwards. The link will be there. Really appreciate your time today. Really, really great talking with you. You make doing a podcast worthwhile. My guests do. You really do. So I'm deeply appreciative. Cool, brother. Hey, I, I, I had so much fun today and look forward to having you on our pod 
And uh, the discussion's been been great. Hopefully, you know, we'll we'll you know get to be friends here because these these discussions uh, are valuable, man. Absolutely. And hey, Craig, welcome to the Super Nice Club. We're glad you're here. Thank you, brother. All right, you have a good day. So there you have it, a super nice conversation with super nice Craig Sweeney. Two old dudes talking about old dude stuff. Did you did you did you kind of see us on a porch swing or on a porch? Just uh, sipping on Bartles and James while the fireflies were fireflying out there, talking about old-timey stuff. Is that how it came across? Hope so. That's what I was going for. It's kind of what I, I hope this podcast uh, sounds like every time. I want it to sound like an old dude drinking Bartles and James. So if I achieved that right before I end this run of podcasts, two podcasts from now, God, life, life will have been worth living. Yeah, let me know. I'd love to hear. Let me know. Let me know. Is Bartles and James still a thing? Was Ed Bartles? Was that who was? I don't know. Those are wine coolers, folks. Uh, They're a gateway drug. They're a gateway drug to, I guess, beer, which uh, is a gateway drug to root beer, which is far superior to the bitter nastiness that is an IPA. If I didn't lose yet yet, gun talk, I'm going to lose yet my hate on... Uh, IPA. Yeah. Anyway, just kidding, folks. Stay nice. Till next week. Remember one thing. Remember, remember this above all. More than your family, more than your kids. I love you. Yeah, me. I love you. Just 
So what? Big deal. 